the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The biggest pop culture movement since the Beatles, $22.5 billion at the box office, and we found the one guy who doesn't have a clue what we're talking about. With two fellow MCU nerds to help guide his hand along the way, one thing is for certain, we're with him until the end of the line. Welcome to Colin Brain versus the MCU. On your left. Hello and welcome everybody to your favourite podcast designed for your ear holes. We've only bloody made it to Endgame, haven't we? To be honest, there were times I did wonder if we were even going to make it. There were times after recording episodes such as Iron Man 3 and Thor The Dark World where I would have sleepless nights just hearing an echo of Colin in my ear proclaiming, I just don't care, and double-guessing if all of this was even a good idea. But yes, we've made it to Endgame. We've had some pretty high scores in the ratings. We've had some positive reactions too, so let's maybe consider this crazy experiment a success. So I think we should get into it. Avengers Endgame. Probably the biggest movie Marvel are ever going to make. A three-hour epic with Act 1 being a serious drama examining grief. Act 2 being a fun-filled time travel romp. And Act 3 being the epic showdown of epic showdowns. But, of course, I won't be able to get through this episode without my co-hosts. Firstly, if he had access to a time machine, he'd probably, I think, go back to university and not take his creative writing course just so he could avoid ever meeting me. So that way he didn't have to spend half of his life listening to audio commentaries. It's Robert Trot. Rob, how are you? I'm good. And that is slander, sir. That's ridiculous because <laughs> I was listening to audio commentaries long before I met you. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably actually, yeah. It's very true. And I wouldn't change a single thing. Thank you very much. Okay, good. What's been your favourite commentary so far? Of Marvel or just generally? Marvel. Okay. I think it's probably the the Infinity War one, I'd say. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Least favourite, Ragnarok. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, And then your favourite commentary of all time then? Probably The Thing because John Carpenter and Kurt Russell basically just get drunk all the way through mm. it, and um, by the end of it, they're steaming. It's brilliant. I remember having a good time with the Evil Dead commentary. Yes, another good one. It's a very, very fun one. But of course, the man of the hour, he has the patience of a saint, the beard of a Norse god, and a severe dislike of cape-wearing red robots. It's Colin Brain. Colin, how are you? I'm doing all right, man. I was just having a thought while you guys were talking about audio commentary like that. Kind of sounds mm-hmm. like they were like the original podcast kind of idea. It's just chilling, talking about a film, getting drunk. Like, 100%. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's cool. I, I never really thought of an audio commentary as that, but yeah. It is, isn't it? It yeah. kind of is, but yeah, anyway. you ever sorry. see a show called uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, kind of on a tangent? No. Um, they do all the commentaries in character and it's one of the funniest things <laughs> I've, <laughs> that's cool. I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. Yeah, and then I think first time podcasts ever sort of appeared on my radar was Kevin Smith. I think. Oh really yeah, he was me. in the he was in there early on, money early days. He was right in there from the early days for sure. Me, it was uh, Adam and Joe when they was on a uh, XFM mm. and radio mm-hmm. uh, radio six. Of course, he had him. Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant did um, some feelings with Carl Pilkington, didn't they? Turn that into a podcast. Yeah, wow, long long time ago. 
Are we ready for a long one today, boys? I'm always ready for a long one, George. <laughs> I'm ready. Good. <laughs> so before we jump into our usual uh, shenanigans, Rob, what's your Zoom nickname this week? So my Zoom nickname this week, again, very down on my own IQ, really. This this week, last week was uh, the average intelligence. This week, it's Dumb Hulk. <laughs> Simple, inoffensive. We was on a, a podcast the other day, weren't we? We guested on a podcast. I don't know when mm-hmm. it's coming out. But my, I, I changed my Zoom name for that, and I was actually quite, I wasn't grotesque at all. And they were shocked. They were like, oh, we expected something involving willies or... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they know the brand of the podcast. It's well, the though. name you've made for yourself, sir. Yeah. That's your bed. You can lie in it. <laughs> so, I guess, is it a downer? Shall we start with a downer? Because, Rob, we received the text that we never want to see oh, no. the other day. Oh, yeah. And we've been talking about it for days. I'm not even joking. Oh, really? I was Robert even... Downer Jr. for the whole yes. week. I was. <laughs> Definitely. Um, we've we've been discussing it for a while. Colin, you've stumbled across another spoiler. Uh-huh. Do you want to um, maybe enlighten us? I've got a feeling this might be the big one that you guys have been referring to as well, because it is a big, uh. big one. I'm just going to ask you, rather than banging on and giving you all the backstory, I'm just going to ask you boys a straight-up question, I think. I want to get your reaction. We are probably going to lie, regardless I know you're of whether lie, it's true or I, not. I'm, I'm, I think... Yeah, you'll, hmm. you'll do well to lie your way out of this one, I think. But we shall see. Uh-oh. So the question to you both is, do we see Toby Maguire as Spider-Man again? Or, or Peter um... Parker slash Spider-Man at some point in the MCU? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Ish. you kind of confirmed it a little bit. No, there. no. no? I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not saying it's a no. I'm going to say ish. Oh. Um... I try, okay, not get too spoilery. That's not the big one, thank oh. God. Oh, okay, it's not the big one. But that's big, there, It's big, uh, if, if well, that's the thing. Well, the context of it, there is a film approaching, because mm. obviously the new saga is the multiverse saga. Yes. Rob, stop me if I get too spoilery. I think you're okay There at is a moment where, <laughs> where a character flies or sees glimpses of multiverses. Okay. And briefly, on screen, we see Tobey Maguire's face pop up. Mm, how? And okay. whether that's... You are kind of in the same boat as us. Whether that's a tease for a future appearance, we don't know. Or whether that means that he's still going off doing whatever he wants in that universe, if that Dancing. makes sense. Not paying his rent. Yeah. Okay. Rent... So, all right, so, because I'd seen multiple things. It's really weird. I saw them all in the space of, like, 48 hours. It must have just been some weird, like, algorithm that I had fallen upon. Because it was in yeah. multiple things. It was on, it was, like, just as I was scrolling through YouTube, there was a still, and there was, like, a headline about Toby Maguire's people. And then it, and I didn't know how legit it was, but there was also, like, images of him in, in a Spider-Man costume which didn't look like the one and he also looked more aged appropriate to where yep. he is now um, i think you've seen the same image we have okay so does that mean oh, i guess you're not gonna you're not gonna tell me any of these you're not gonna answer any of these questions are you because that will just be more and more spoilers 
Okay, well, I thought that was it. So, so he's not back as we don't see him as like a him and he ends up bouncing around and because I, I gather There's, that this multiverse thing is gonna. Um, I happen. mean, the door's open to anything, really. Once of course. the multiverse opens, and also like with Spider Man, I remember a while mm-hmm. uh, years back now. I think it was actually when I worked in Blockbusters because I used to get free rentals there. So I'd like just you know take a gamble on on film as well as video games as well actually and yeah, the, and they yeah. they released a spider-man game at one point it wasn't one of the big big releases but it was like a spider-verse game where like you played as like a, a noir style spider-man you played as like mm-hmm. a cell-shaded spider-man you played as like another one edge of time or where yeah. the shadows or something, something like that yeah it was pretty cool one of those ones but then it mm-hmm. made me think because obviously as soon as i saw that my uh, brain started going a little bit Yep. So, so then I was thinking, do we see a Spider-Man film where they are bouncing around these different Spider-Verses and we, we pop in and we see Tobey Maguire back in that world again with like all some of the other, you know, I maybe we see will... Bruce Campbell pop up again and we get all those like Easter eggs and sort of, and then maybe so, we even pop over and see the other Spider-Man. Uh, what's his fucking name? Um, It's gone from me Garfield. Now. Yeah, Garfield. Do we see him pop up mm-hmm. and do we bounce around and get like a little bit of a... Be very surprised. I mean, that would be that would be a cool idea if they did. That would be amazing. Yeah. I don't see. It. I think he's a bit still a bit oh. broken hearted over Amazing um, Spider Man Two, but that would be amazing. Um, <laughs> okay. Literally, you've you've seen what we've seen. So I hope personally it means he's down. He's game. So hold on. When you say I've seen what, when you say I've literally, seen what you've seen, literally meaning... a, 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 a glimpse. But you've of... seen that in a movie, or you've only in a seen movie in a yes. movie. Okay. I will say that all these other Spider-Men, mm. you actually are going to see soon, but not in the MCU. It's in an anim- Sony mm. obviously hold the rights to Spider-Man. You've surely heard of this. They've done an animated Spider-Man, yeah. Spider-Man movie called Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I'm, I've, I've seen that one, but I watched it so friggin' long ago. I remember liking yeah. it, though. I remember enjoying it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, we watch it one point as part of a bonus, a bonus I think. Yeah. And in there, there's there's... Spider Noir, and that's voiced by Nicolas Cage, if I remember. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a great film, but that's when you're going to see all those other Spider-Men, for sure. Yeah. But okay. in terms of Toby, well, um, I, you I, are on level pegging with us. I'm not going to I'm not gonna um, pretend like I 100% believe you guys, but I'm going <laughs> to take it and go with it. Um, yeah. And we shall see. But okay, so yeah, that was the spoiler, basically. It felt like a big one to me. No, right. and no. and it is a cool idea if they um... well, obviously it would be better if you'd not gone in yeah, without any knowledge of anything. To, but, to um... see it would have been nice to see your reaction during that scene when his face pops up. <laughs> yeah. He's my favourite man. I would have loved to have seen. Like it would be very interesting to see what you know, what a team in the more current MCU world would do. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I gather maybe that wouldn't mean Sam Raimi if he's only popping up, I doubt that would be a Sam Raimi thing. But um mm. Yeah, man, like that did. I, and then I thought to myself, I was getting even deeper in the weeds, theoretically, in my head, thinking, is that is that why we were doing, um, like, all of the more, like, is that why we've been putting the more bonus episodes more in the Spider-Man world? Because you wanted me to have the reactions of those dudes as opposed to us going down in the X-Men, like, realm or... Because mm-hmm. you remember I was saying Spider-Man fatigue, like, it was getting a bit much, but then maybe it was in yeah, your, yeah. your guy, you guys... Well, I think thinking, we were just excited for Civil War. Like yeah, it, we, it was we, more to to yeah tie up with with when we was releasing Civil War and you watching it because I think we watched the first Tobey Maguire one about like the week before we watched Civil War together. So it was like our kind of like getting you mm. prepped, getting you ready, getting you uh, excited for Spider Man. 
I thought this would yeah, be how yeah. you guys would react to me telling you this. So uh, we're on we're on point. We'll see what happens. We'll, I'm sure we'll be <laughs> back here at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but I really, I really want to do Spider Verse soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can do that one soon. <laughs> okay, um, so Rob, I'm assuming you saw this film with the audio commentary too. Uh, who provided the commentary this time around? Audio commentary. Fucks. Oh, we haven't had a low one in a while. Yeah, yeah, I know. I thought I, I thought that today when I was editing. <laughs> I thought, oh, it's been a while. They're all very similar. I need to yep. spice up my game. I've got a new instrument, so I need <laughs> to use the best instrument, which is my voice. It was done by Marcus and McFeely, the two writers, and both the Russo brothers. It's a Good. real nice, simple, not too crowded, entertaining audio commentary fact. Nice. So, everyone at home, I know that you're all dying to hear Colin's reaction, and so are we. We saw this all together again, um, maybe a couple of weeks ago now, or just over a week ago. Yeah. And we were so good in not asking Colin what we thought of it. We actually saw it at my parents' house, um, (laughs) which is odd um my my dad thinks he's got a bit of a well he's building a bit of like a little home cinema type thing so we were like let's watch it there and then i remember i was packing everything up colin was waiting by the front door and you heard my mum walk out the room and she's like oh did you like it and i was like mom no (laughs) (laughs) we don't ask him anything your Um, mum makes the most amazing banana loaf (laughs) <laughs> I said on the day I was going to give it a shout out on the podcast. Oh, you did, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm true to my word. It was banging. I had no idea that was the first time, Rob, that you'd met my mum. And um, she yeah, texted me mental. later that night and she was like, because I've been listening to you boys for years and I and I love Rob so much and what you do with him, it felt like I already knew him. Oh, <laughs> Man, yes. the best. Yeah, your yeah. your 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 parents were, were lovely and very hospitable. They were. Although yeah, your yeah. dad's views on the MCU... <laughs> Oh, debatable. Something I, to be desired. I think me and your dad could have a, a good old chat. <laughs> a lot in common. I, I just don't care. <laughs> I remember um, going or uh, living when I was back living at home. My dad walked in when I was watching the first Avengers film and he stood there and he watched it for about 60 seconds and I thought, oh my God, if I, <laughs> if I put a little hook in here. And so I paused it and I sort of looked over and almost like a little, a little motion to, you want to sit down? <laughs> and he looked at me and he just went, why can't you watch proper films? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, we've got to try and get your dad on at some point. Yeah. Right. Episode. That would be amazing. <laughs> we've got to think of the most MCU, well, this, it would have been this probably, the most MCU, MCU film oh, that I mean, he wins. I damn clue. I think your dad would make me look like a fan, to be honest, the way he reacted. <laughs> and that's saying something. <laughs> so I don't know why I do these things, but I travelled up from um, South East London to yeah. Norfolk in... In a, um, I know why I do that because I love you guys, but I did it dressed in a Hulk onesie <laughs> and sat watching the whole film in a Hulk onesie. And your dad walked in. I don't think he'd fully clocked what I was dressed as. And he was like, "None of it's real, is it? You don't see green men jumping around in real life, do you?" And I was like, "All right, <laughs> all the well, time, I'm right here, sometimes. baby." <laughs> oh no that's a good setup though like you're you're downplaying it saying it was at your parents house but christ it was like a giant projector across an in, like an entire wall in a room and yeah, yeah it was a good setup man he's stepping on your industry if he starts charging people <laughs> yeah, that's when you need to draw a line i'm in yeah. trouble <laughs> <laughs> i have to put in a cease and desist 
Um, okay, so let's move on because this is a big one. So yes, two-way please have permission to jump into the background of Avengers Endgame and of course, as always, provide a little insight into how something like this even gets made. Even if we objected, you'd do it anyway. Of course I fucking would. <laughs> yeah, actually, mate, I'm not up for it this week. <laughs> <laughs> nah, go for it, man. We love it. So far, so good. Skip the compliments. Let's get on with it. Thank you. So, now right back when Infinity War and Endgame were in the very early stages, there was a plan to shoot these two Avengers movies back to back. It was originally announced to be Avengers Infinity War, Infinity War Part 1 and part two telling one massive story and of course shooting it back to back it would save a hell of a lot of money now however just before the cameras started rolling on infinity war the returning writers christopher marcus and stephen mcfeely who also do the commentary were still writing away on endgame which meant if this draft took a little bit longer than expected they would start shooting Endgame even though the script had not been completed. Now, Marvel Studios had made this mistake before in previous films and refused to make that mistake again, and so decided that shooting both films at the same time was not going to happen. They would just have to take the hit budget-wise and get everyone back to film part two, which of course then ended up becoming Endgame. Audio commentary facts. So there was um, a part of the film that they filmed at the same time as filming Infinity War. Would you like mm. to have a guess at what part? You probably won't guess because it's a three and a half hour long mm. film. And it wasn't I that couldn't. big a bit of the film that they filmed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was some segments of uh, Thor going around Durham Cathedral, otherwise known as Asgard. Okay. Oh, okie mm. Can I just say, in terms of trivia, I do not have a single backup today. I have Either. one trivia, and I text Rob saying how terrified I am right now. <laughs> Every time I do a bugle, he's... <laughs> because I think the my trivia is mentioned in the commentary, so I'm really Ooh. hoping Rob do didn't know, note this one down. Do something tantalising? Mine yes. isn't. Oh, okay. okay. I still I'm could excited. be in trouble, though, because you know Rob likes to throw out little facts every mm. now and then. Oh, yeah, yeah, he might hit it halfway through. That's what I'm thinking. I hope so. I don't. I'd just like now. to see I'd like to see your reaction to it. <laughs> just, just me <laughs> just scrambling. scrambling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, now, Endgame was a puzzle in itself to write. Now, one of the big questions, because Marvel knew they'd be bringing everyone back from the snap, was when to bring them back from the snap. Do they do it late in the movie? Early in the movie? But Stephen McFeely pitched that they should be brought right back at the very end. Because the only players left on the board, so to speak, is our... OG Avengers. We've got Cap, Iron Man, Thor, Black Widow and Hawkeye. So let's give them the movie to themselves and give them and these characters their due. He also explained in his words, if you were a big fan of Doctor Strange or Black Panther or Bucky or Sam, unfortunately, you're only going to get a brief window on them. This film can't be all things to all people. He knew that these characters would be getting their times to shine in future projects, so let's make Endgame a tribute to the OGs and to the previous films in the MCU too. Now another roadblock in the writing process was what the hell to do with Thanos. Thanos has all the Infinity Stones, he's now the most powerful being in the universe, but at the same time he's also kind of completed what he set out to do, so it's an interesting starting off point for the villain. 
And so Marvel, always happy to put themselves in a corner that they then have to write their way out of, did just that when executive producer Trin Tran just told the writers, what if you just kill him right at the beginning? Just kill the most powerful being in the universe and then write your film from there. And so they did. And time travel was actually something that Marvel have always wanted to dip their toes in. And, you know, seeing as the quantum realm and all of its mysterious energies was set up in Ant-Man and the Wasp, they knew that this was the perfect time to explore that avenue. The writing team genuinely consulted with quantum physicists on the mechanics of time travel. And a lot of the Avengers conversations regarding time travel and the, you know, is the back to the future an accurate description of time travel? And even the discussion regarding the the ethics of going back in time and killing baby Thanos all came straight from the writer's room discussions. They were the easiest scenes to write because they were actual discussions taking place in the room. And then, partly inspired by the spoilers here, jump forward in time and flash forwards in the TV show Lost, it was decided that once Thanos is killed, let's jump the story five years ahead. It was also decided that almost every character should be worse off after the five-year jump. Because maybe the audience would have thought that, oh, after five years, the characters are now adjusted to this new world. That is not what Marvel wanted to do here. So Thor, you know, he's he's just cut himself off from Asgard and he's obviously in a deep depression. Uh, Natasha too is trying desperately to form some form of team uh, together when she can barely hold herself together. Hawkeye is turned into some brutal vigilante assassin after losing his entire family. It was cruelly the writer's decision to make the only character who was better off in the time jump be Tony Stark, who is now married to Pepper Potts and is now a father. Hulk's doing all right. Hulk's doing okay as well, I guess, yes. But they definitely wanted Tony to be better off. Does a dab. He does dab at one point, yes. Of course, now, all of this was done on purpose, knowing that we would be losing Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow, and Chris Evans as Captain America. However, at one point, that almost wasn't the case. In the original script, it was actually Hawkeye that sacrifices himself in order to get the soul stone. That was until there was a knock at the door of the writer's room and standing there was a woman called Jen Underdahl. She was the visual effects producer at Marvel Studios who happened to have the latest script in her hand and was waiting by the door with tears in her eyes and mentioned the scene where Hawkeye takes the leap and she simply said, don't you dare take this away from her. Now, what she meant was that, you know, in the beginning of the film, in the script, Natasha says to Steve Rogers that she came from nothing. We know that, you know, Natasha was trained to be an assassin at a very early age and that all the people that trained her did some horrendous, horrendous things to her. But this team, these Avengers, gave her a family and she'd do anything to get that family back to the point she would trade everything and obviously even her own life to get that family back together. And in the script, only for Hawkeye, suddenly halfway through the film, take that choice away from her and take the leap himself. Jen Underdahl did not like that decision. And so it was pitched to Scarlett Johansson. And everyone agreed that it was the right thing to do in terms of Natasha's character. And it was written that she be the one to make the sacrifice. But Scarlett was sat at the uh, catering table, <laughs> staring daggers at the underdog. Yeah, like, 
<laughs> Cheers, mate. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh, actually Robert Downey Jr. that was told he was being killed off rather than him bowing out and saying that it was time. Now, around the time of Spider-Man Homecoming, a film that obviously he was part of the cast of, he was told that it was likely going to be the end of Tony Stark by the end of the two Avengers films they had coming up. He didn't actually love the idea of them killing Tony Stark off as well, but he eventually came round to it after reading the scripts. And also, right before writing had even begun on Infinity War and Endgame, they also knew that they wanted it to end with Steve Rogers dancing with Peggy. They questioned themselves for weeks, asking if it was too fan servicey. You know, is giving the fans what they want maybe the easy way out? And they decided it was the only way to end this character arc. In McFeely's words, Steve Rogers postponed his whole life to fulfil his duty. So I don't think we could have ever killed him because that's not the satisfying arc. The satisfying arc is I finally get to put my shield down because I've earned the right to. Now, even after all the filming had been complete. Oh, audio commentary. Fucks. So. He also uh, further elaborated in the audio commentary that he really loved the imagery of him coming back in 1940s. He obviously skipped to the end. Mm. But um, <laughs> there is just this idea of he came home from the war. You know, that same wartime that he was frozen in, he came back. Like many you know, soldiers hoped to come back to a loved one back then. I thought that was a mm-hmm. nice, nice bit of imagery. Yeah, love that, love that, love that. Now, even after all the filming had been completed and it was in the editing bay, it soon became clear that there was um, an action sequence that wasn't working. So even more money was spent in creating sets and bringing in the actors. Now, this scene was the Black Widow death scene in Vormir. So in that scene, Scarlett Johansson and Jeremy Renner, they were um, brought back to set because in the original scene, they were actually being attacked and hunted by one of Thanos' armies. All whilst trying to fight off this army, they were also deciding who was to make the jump and make the sacrifice play. There were some cool action beats in the sequence and it was a very good scene, apparently. But because they were rushing so much whilst fighting to make this decision, all of the emotion just drained out of the scene and it didn't work. So they had to reshot it, making the whole sequence just a conversation between the two. And so... Avengers Endgame was released in theatres in April 26, 2019. Critically, it was unanimous. Marvel had achieved the impossible. And the box office? Ho-ho, baby. (laughs) Infinity War (laughs) broke the world. They did. They broke the world record for the highest grossing weekend of all time, taking just over $250 million. That's a quarter of a billion in its opening weekend. Endgame made $357 million in its opening weekend. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Not only breaking that world record again, but this time breaking it by another $100 million. And personally, for anyone that doesn't know, I'm sure you do, I am the manager of a cinema. I distinctly remember the Monday 
after Endgame was released, I was called by the CEO of the company, asking me how the hell I'd managed to sell that many tickets in one weekend, and if I was selling tickets for people to sit on each other's laps. We'd never seen numbers like it. And by the time Endgame eventually left cinemas, it had made an astounding $2.79 billion and overtook Avatar to become the highest grossing film of all time. This was a film that people saw more than once at the cinema. Endgame was the result of 10 years of hard work, sacrifice, brainstorming and fine-tuning by Marvel. And it was just a cap on top of 21 other movies. And I genuinely think we'll never see another film like this again. But of course, all of that means absolutely nothing because I don't know as we that. met <laughs> that's quite a bit of pressure on me now <laughs> <laughs> because as I mentioned in our intro we have found the one guy on planet earth that has not seen Endgame until now you are I think you are well maybe you and my dad um <laughs> and so Colin Brain Avengers Endgame what did you think yeah I had a lot of fun watching this one it was good to good. see you guys and watch it, and um, it was a big film. There was, oh, yeah. you know, the, as everyone listening already knows because they've seen it. Yeah, there was a lot that lot that happened. Um, there was some big swings, I think, creatively, and I don't oh, yeah. know how many of them really hit per- well for me. But obviously, you know, I'm 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 not the biggest fan of this anyway. But it was a good one. It was a good one. Yeah, it felt almost like a sort of. I mean, it felt like a finale to me um, yeah. of everything. You know, mm-hmm. and I mean, there was a bit of a passing of the torch in the last sort of 10 minutes or so, which mm-hmm. I gather is what we're going to go on to uh, in some ways. You know, and, and and it wasn't what I expected. Definitely not. It, it mm. went in directions that I wouldn't have guessed. Um, but then there were some things that I guess I did kind of get a little bit, which we'll go through. But yeah, no, it was a big one. I mean, it was you can't take away the just the the magnitude of what it was visually. Everything yeah. about it was massive. Was it one of my favourites? Well, keep listening. Oh, he's getting good at this. That's what we call a brain teaser. <laughs> well done, Rob. Um, so, and of course, Rob, how was the rewatch for you? I mean, I, I always love watching this film, but it was uh, especially nice sitting in a woolly onesie <laughs> with some homemade banana loaf, some premium snacks, and my good friends. It was nice. Yeah, I... I I have an issue with this film, oh. which we will get into. I'm excited later on <laughs> um, in what could be a very passionate edition of Rob rewrites the film. Oh yes, I can't fucking wait for that. <laughs> I bet you boys have seen this one so many times, haven't you? Because you must have yeah. rewatched, rewatched this one a lot. Yeah, um, I don't know how many times I've seen it now. I, I, I find it easily rewatchable. Like, because once I've seen it once, I could just—it's like a comfort mm. on in the background. Yeah. I, I honestly think this one is um, maybe not made to be rewatched. But I think if I had rewatched this one a couple of times, maybe I'd have a very different viewpoint on it. For better or for worse. So one way to find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'd have to do it, wouldn't I? I just think because yeah. there's so much in there. Yeah. And I think a lot of this film is. 
you kind of touched on it a bit in in the build up to it, but I think so much of this film is is designed for the hardcores that have been in it for ten years, and also mm -hmm. the the hardcore like nerd, not you know, comic book fans, all all of those guys. And I think if I was to rewatch it, or if anyone was to rewatch it, you'd probably start picking up on so many little Easter eggs and things and that, which maybe some of those went over my head because it was you know the first time and it's a long one. But um, there's a lot going on. Yeah, for I sure. do think I do think some of these are designed to be watched more than once. I think this is my most rewatched Marvel movie. Wow. Yeah, I think the setups and payoffs in this thing is unlike anything I've ever seen before. You know, there are payoffs that are, you know, wonderfully set up in just the first act of the movie. Uh, there are payoffs to films almost 10 years old. And some okay. people may call this movie fan service the movie. There are some people out there, and I can see that for sure. But I think after 21 films and after 10 years of build-up, much like Steve Rogers... You know, as he's earned the right to put down the shield, this film has earned the right to be fan servicey. Uh, I think it's packed full of emotion. You know, there's some decent character work in there too. But at the same time, it's, you know, it pays tribute to everything that came before using this really fun time travel device. You, you know, you always hear people say the phrase about some films, oh, it shouldn't work, but, you know, but it does. Uh, this does work because it was fucking meant to work. It, it, all the build-up had been done. The villain and the stakes were kind of already set up. You know, we we know what makes the characters tick. And all the other films, all 42 hours worth, were just planting the seeds for what Endgame could bloom to be. So by the time you get to the end of, you know, when the portals start opening and all of our characters start walking out of them with with that score in the background... I think to me, it becomes completely clear that this film is a miracle. You know, we live in a world where nothing, especially in pop culture, is certain. This got, is not a miracle. Come it on, is man. a miracle. It is a miracle. People's favourite TV shows uh, are cancelled after just one season. It seems nowadays that uh, TV shows making it to season two or three is its own little miracle too. Film I think that might be because of things like fran big franchises. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but but other film franchises and universes are created only for them to sort of burn away a couple, of, a couple of years later. And so that moment when all those Avengers are lined up on that battle line, it might be maybe my favourite movie moment of all time as well, because it's so much more than a fight sequence. It's, it's 21 films in 10 years lined up in that moment where audiences, you know, where, where fans, we all won. We realise at that moment, fuck, Marvel did it. They achieved what they set out to do. And I don't think we get to hear that very often. So yeah, I like this one, boys. <laughs> Shall we do a deep dive and maybe get into some specifics and maybe help clarify, clarify some things for you, maybe, Colin? Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I'm up for it. Let's do it. Let's do this. So in 2018, 23 days after Thanos erased half of all life in the universe... Carol Danvers rescues Tony Stark and Nebula from deep space and they reunite with the remaining Avengers, Bruce Banner, Steve Rogers, uh, Steve Rogers, <laughs> Thor, Natasha Romanoff and James Rhodes and Rocket on Earth. Now, another quick question. Colin, you've known for a while that Stark was going to die at some point. Yeah. You just didn't know what movie, but during this sequence, you were certain that he was a goner, right? Yeah, I think, and and also throughout the rest of the film, there was so many little, like even dialogue, uh, throwaway mm. lines and stuff. They were really, 
I mean, I guess again, I knew he was dying, so yeah. it it felt it felt like it was almost inevitable. I think I even turned to you guys after the first scene, and I was like, "Oh yeah, he's gone this time. And this is this is the last <laughs> time we're seeing him." Yeah, well, that was a, that was so gutting when we found out that you knew that. I know it was quite early on, and I thought that would have been such a good one for you to just been yeah, it would have completely been. cold too. Definitely, definitely. Um, but I, I did really like seeing Tony Stark again, though. It feels like we. I mean, how, when was the last time? Would it have been Infinity War? The yeah, last Infinity time? War. Yeah, which wasn't really that many films that, ago, was no, it? No, it was two films ago. Well, yeah. Ant Man. It was Captain Marvel and Ant Man the Wasp, yeah. and then yeah. I think the reason I'm thinking that is because I don't. I think we might have watched uh, Infinity War last year. Yeah, back in the last yeah. year or something. Yeah. So yeah, that's why it felt. But it was so good to see him back, man. Like the yeah. reminder of how good Robert Downey Jr. is in that role. Like just and and I liked what they did with him being out there and you know. Yeah. But yeah, he, he was not looking in good shape at the beginning, was he? I, I, I no. was expecting us to maybe just watch him wither away in a bed for the whole film, and it'd be yeah. really depressing. But I'm glad he didn't go down that road. Yeah, when I mentioned to you, I think we've mentioned it to you that. Um, we were all very in the dark about this film as well. Like, we didn't even get really a title until just before its release. The mm. teaser trailer, when it finally was released, was pretty much Stark hovering over his helmet, giving the goodbye message. With oh, just okay. black, with just other clips of previous films of our of characters, all in mm. black and white. So there was no, pretty much Jeez. no new footage in the yeah. trailer at all. It was the, the actual trailer, it was that, but alongside each of the characters saying a line of... Nick Fury's, there was an idea to put together mm. a group of remarkable people and that was it, just that speech. That's mm-hmm. nice. It was a very good trailer. Yeah. I noticed something on this watch-through I really, really liked. It's a moment where Tony's doing his... It's another what, a glorious bit of writing from Ophelia and Marcus where they're doing two things in one scene. He's doing that message to Pepper and not only is it setting up his the way he does his own eulogy later on, but there's this beautiful bit where he says, it's always been you. When he he says, when I close my eyes, I see you. It's always been you. Which was, he said to her in Iron Man 2, when he gave her the CEO job at Stark, mm-hmm. he said, because it's you, it's always mm. been you. Mm. And those are like the nice little, like you said, George, those are the things that are like, yeah, fan service. Because if there was 21 Harry Potter films, if you're going into it cold at film 21 and sort of, moaning that there's too much for the people that like this shit mm-hmm. it's like i don't think you you're understanding <laughs> here I mean, yeah. it's 21 films in so that yeah that whole scene at the beginning was very much like they they said they wanted to linger on the the shot of him in the seat where he's just mm-hmm. nebulas put him to bed basically and just hold the camera panning out long enough for you to think he's gone oh shit mm. is he gone now is this how we open it? Like, that's what they're avenging as well, kind of thing. I mean, I'm glad they didn't go that route. Yeah. yeah. But what an open. And the scene where he does come back as probably my favourite Robert Downey Jr. performances mm-hmm. with him and Cap is so strong. I mean, yeah, what's the first word he says to Cap is like, I lost a boy. I lost a kid. I lost a kid. Oh. And he says, we lost Tony. Yeah. And it's like, it's not what he's talking about. And it says so much as well, because then, he, then his second thing he says is, is, and he can't even bring himself to ask the question, and then he sees Pepper and says, thank God. Yeah. Because he didn't want to ask, is she gone as well? It's Just that speech where he's saying, like, I saw this coming years ago, and he's like, <laughs> like Cap's like, we, we need to calm down. It's like, no, what we needed mm-hmm. was, 
you know, a suit of armor around the world. That's what we needed. And it's just like his anger and he's what he's calling like liar and because it is the first time they've seen each other since Civil War as well, yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, he said I said we'd lose and you said we'd do that together too. <laughs> and you weren't there. <laughs> it's just like oh, it's so good. I, I get goosebumps every time in that whole opening scene because the performance from him yeah. is so good. And apparently, a lot of that was. The like zero zip nada no trust liar that mm-hmm. was largely added by Dowdy Junior. Yeah, just I'm like surprised t- twisting that extra sort of screw into a mm-hmm. uh, into cap. I was reading some fan reviews of this film the other night, and you just reminded me of something. Is obviously from that beginning sequence as well. Pretty much the first thing we see in the film. Oh, obviously after Hawkeye losing his family, was it's Tony and Nebula playing that game where in using their hands yeah. they've created like little goals. And they're mm. flicking things through it. And there's one moment where she flicks it through the goal and he says, yep, that's it, you won. And she gives this really weird look. And, yeah, um, like she's expected to lose a body part for it. And that's that's what this guy wrote on the yeah. internet. He was like, maybe she's never won anything mm. in her life. Maybe this is the first game she's ever played in her life. And yeah, yeah she's not going to get severely punished or have a body part ripped off of her during this game as well, for winning or for losing. Um, so good. It's a lovely little moment. You mentioned the, the Hawkeye opening. That reminds me because of... <laughs> audio commentary facts. So that was actually shot during the filming of Infinity War as well because oh. it was initially going to be in Infinity War. There was going to be a moment where, you know, everyone's dusting in Wakanda and we mm. cut to that... Mm. And they they just it just didn't work. It was that, just that too would feel much. weird, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it it seems like the perfect thing now, like the most obvious thing to put it at the start of this film, mm-hmm. and it is. But yeah, for a long time it was going to be in wow. Infinity War. Interesting. So locating Thanos on an uninhabited planet, they plan to use the Infinity Stones to reverse his actions, but discover Thanos has already destroyed them to prevent further use. Enraged. Thor decapitates Thanos. And so, Colin, this film does something pretty sneaky in its first 20 minutes or so. It convinces us that this film is going to be our heroes, our Avengers, going after Thanos again. And that the film was maybe going to play out like another Infinity War. You know, we get that the big build-up of music and Steve Rogers saying, let's get this son of a bitch. And then we get the titles, Avengers, Endgame. Um, but then minutes later, Thanos is dead. You know, his head spinning on the floor of his cabin. Did you have any idea where we were going after this? Not at all, no. But mm. I was up for it. Like I, I was in. I, I was. I was mm. really enjoying it at this point. I thought, yep. yeah. Not Colin much. makes a noise when he's genuinely surprised by a film's <laughs> narrative. <laughs> he did it during Civil War when <laughs> um, Spider Man appeared, and when Black Panther appeared, he goes. Okay. <laughs> and, you did, and, you, and you did it when the five years later come up. Yeah, okay. I was not expecting that. Was Yeah, that that was the biggest, yeah. It's like it's out your respect. I was like, okay, yep, okay. <laughs> Let's go. I can't explain how happy it makes me when you make that noise, uh, Colin. Oh, right. Oh, shit, I'm going to be really conscious about it now next time oh, I do it. I love it. <laughs> so, Rob, when you first went into Endgame, was anything spoiled for you at all? Like, can you remember, like, how much did you initially know going in i knew nothing i'll be honest mm. i purposely hadn't read the book that is um you know infinity gauntlet or infinity war i hadn't read either of them mm-hmm. i wanted to go in completely cold 
And I try and do that now with a lot of, when I know a film's going to be based on a comic run, I kind of just want to read it afterwards because I don't want to go into it being like, oh, this happens in the comics, I reckon this is going to happen here. I mean, I've got a sort of vague knowledge of of sort of famous comic arcs and things. But no, I I wanted to go in as as cold as possible. And and the creative team were very good at that with the... They had a um, a hashtag, didn't they, that sort of went viral. Yes. Thanos demands your silence. Yeah. And um, a lot of the press actually honoured it for a good week Mm -hmm. of it coming out. Oh, really? There was was hardly any, like... And even the internet, I can't believe I'm saying this, Twitter behaved. Mm. I remember Mm. a good week or two after Avengers, no one mentioned any of the surprises in the film. Everyone kind of played well, yeah. I don't think this is a spoiler, but the trailer for the film that follows also had a pre-warning from the Russo brothers saying, look, if you haven't seen Endgame yet, oh, okay. don't watch this trailer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, they were really on it and really respectful yeah. people uh, that were... It was a couple of months it. after this film. Well, maybe a few months after this film was released, we then got our new Marvel trailer. Mm. And literally, yeah, in front of it was someone saying, if you haven't seen Endgame, don't watch this trailer. <laughs> so mm. they were even very, yeah, very prepared for that as well. Good old Marvel. Five years later, Scott Lang escapes from the quantum realm. Reaching the Avengers compound, he explains that he experienced only five hours whilst trapped. Theorising that the quantum realm allows time travel, they ask a reluctant Stark to help them retrieve the stones from the past to reverse the actions of Thanos in the present. So let's go big. Um, Don't worry, I'm sort of fully prepared this episode to jump all around the timeline of the film as we discuss it. Mm. Colin. Mm. Yes, very good, yes. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. You've kind of already said it, but how was he in Endgame? Uh, Did you like what they did with the character? And are you sad to see him go? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's sad to see him go, but I think it was was time. Mm. You know, like, I I do, I like it. To be fair, thinking back now, Iron Man's actually quite up there with my... You know who, who's my favorite out of the superheroes? Obviously, the third film. We'll just wipe, <laughs> wipe that one from my Oops, brain. Yeah, but okay, h- him as an overall like <laughs> hero, and and definitely he's one of the strongest. I think acting wise, mm-hmm. uh, and you can tell that. I mean, it's a cliche thing in it, but you can't picture anyone else playing Tony Stark. I no. don't think if they decide no. to bring it back in some other way, someone's got a mm. big, big job on their hands. I mean, it's a bit different when you look at. You know the the Spider Man stuff that bounced it around so much, and mm-hmm. although Tobey Maguire is still my favourite there, like Tom Holland and fucking, I keep forgetting the other dudes. Andrew Garfield, <laughs> Andrew Garfield, yeah. Like they had their own spins on it, and and you know you could they they're all sort of level playing field a bit, but man, no one could do Tony Stark like that. Let's be right. honest, like he yeah. is he is Iron Man, and um, mm. I think yeah that. I love the way that like you already said uh, the jump forward in time. I love the fact that. You know, like I was on his side. I was on mm-hmm. his side one hundred percent. He was like, "No, I don't want to." You know, I don't, I don't want to do this. Why? Like, why risk yeah, like, this? Yeah, I finally, <laughs> I finally got like you know what I've been been wanting, which is a family and and away from all the drama. And yeah, I, I liked it a lot, man. And mm. probably one of the highlights was him in this film. I do like one thing I do like about this is that they did they did give it up for the OGs, didn't they? Like, yeah, it was, this is it a was film very, for them. Yeah, it very much was like, and even. You know, even Captain America went up a few points, which for me is a big thing. But no, we'll get on to him, I'm sure. Um, Yes. But no, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is the man. It was sad to see him him go. Mm. And I I do, I think there were some emotional moments in this one, without a doubt. Some of the probably bigger sort of 
tearjerker moments that have been. But I think, again, it, it goes back to what we're probably going to be repeating a lot. Like, this was the... I mean, the title is apt. It was the it was the end game. It was it was yeah. the finale to what we've or what you guys at this point had been spending essentially a decade of your life watching. Yeah. And I can't imagine what that's like. I can only view it from the yeah. point of a year. I've been sort of like at sometimes forced to sit through these things, um, and <laughs> in a very condensed, odd way of viewing them. So I feel like it. it 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 was never going to hit me like it was intended to because of just the way I've watched them and also like my views on it as well because this felt like almost like a greatest hits album you know and it's like and if the way especially in the the act where you're doing the time traveling and stuff I think it, it was, was intended like that yeah yeah for sure yeah. it's a great mm. way of looking at it but yeah. like but like for me like if you're not that into a band you're not going to bother listening to the greatest hits mm. do you get what I'm saying yeah 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 so that would be. I, I kind of went off on a tangent from Tony Stark there, but that was just me oh. giving the listeners <laughs> I, a little bit more of an idea I, of where my I head love was at it, with this so game. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, same to you then, Rob. Um, Robert Downey Jr., did he go out on a high note? Of course, yeah. I think it's. I think you said Civil War was your favourite, or one of your favourite performances, and I think that between Civil War and this, I think they're my, my joint favourite yeah. Stark performances. He's, um, I think it's back in Ultron, he was saying at the end of that, he's... He sort of says to Cap, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm going to stay here. And even then he's saying, yeah, I might you know, take a leap out of uh, Barton's book and get a farm for me and Pepper. And and they they pay that off like he does it. Yeah. He gets a farm for him and Pepper and he has a, he settles down and he keeps saying, you know, all back then like to Cap about getting a life and sort of moving on. And the game is, you know, the point of the fight is to not have to fight anymore. That's why you wanted a suit of armour and yeah. around the world and all that stuff. So when Cap's in that circle and he's saying, you know, you've got to move on, You, we, we, that's what we've got to do, he's saying it, but he ain't, his face is saying other things because can't rest. And mm-hmm. Tony's got that deep down, but he's also got something to lose, whereas the others haven't moved on at all. Yeah. So I think they they had some really interesting things. And like I say, his performance is just... His instincts as that character are so yes. bob on. Yes. To the extreme point of audio commentary facts. Oh. Yeah, so that final moment, his final moment in his performance was a reshoot. Oh. I'm looking at George's face. No, yeah, <laughs> um, you've done it. It was a reshoot. This is my it trivia. Actually... That's the trivia. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I knew it. I fucking oh, knew it. No. So, uh, yeah, that was a reshoot. I've got and, nothing. Um... I've got nothing left. <laughs> I've got nothing left. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it was the last thing they shot on the film and Robert Downey Jr. was the one that pitched saying, and I am Iron Man. And, um, yes, yeah, so that was the last thing Robert Downey Jr. ever shot, and it was across the way from the studio where he auditioned <laughs> for the original Iron Man Brilliant. 12 years earlier. Brilliant. Just for the listeners, they wouldn't have seen that, but George is, is making some very animated moves of his body as Rob is basically just reeling off the trivia mm, that George has. lovely. I could throw <laughs> up. I think num, I've num, gone pale. I could throw up. <laughs> So, George, do you have anything to add to uh, Rob's <laughs> commentary fact, or was that all of it? <laughs> no, I think he covered it. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, Amazing. in short, Robert Downey Jr. was great. It was Brilliant. fantastic. Also, how good was the scene when he, uh, in the time travel bit, when he ends up seeing his dad? 
Oh, yeah, we'll get onto it. We're going to get there. That was good. Yeah, we yeah. are getting there mm. for sure. I don't, I, I don't know how I'm going to concentrate now. I don't know what I'm going to do. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Colin, um, you seem yes. to flip-flop a little bit on Scott Lang, Ant-Man. Mm. I agree that might partly be down to, you know, different, differing quality in his, fil- in his films. Of um, course. So how was he in Endgame for you? Because he gets some pretty serious stuff to do in this film, but also he's kind of the comic relief at the same time as well. Yeah, yeah. I'll... I mean, he wasn't a standout for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't quite as insulting as what I watched a couple of films ago. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, when when you get this film of so many characters coming together, you don't get so bothered if one of them isn't sort of, you know, being amazing. I, like, yeah. I, don't, I still, I still don't, I'm not fussed about watching another Ant-Man film. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not excited for that. But, you know, he played his part in this and he played a bigger part than I thought. Like, I wasn't yeah. expecting mm-hmm. him to be the one to be like... Coming up, like you know, coming up with the game plan to yeah. to figure everything out. So that was a shocker. But you know, I think I still think his suit's goofy. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> like his a little bit too leans on the the comedic value a little bit too much from him. But yeah, he's fine. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, Rob, does Paul Rudd handle everything they throw at him? I think it's got one of my favourite. Um, Scott Lang performance yep. moments. I know what you're going to say because it's my favourite and it's not even my favourite Scott Lang performance. It's my favourite Paul Rudd moment of all time. Yeah, actually, I'd go that far. It's Yeah, so after he's gone around the memorials and everything and he, he sees his daughter for the first time, yep. it's just so, so brilliant. And he hugs her and his performance in that hug, trying to you see his face trying to process it. It's 30 seconds of no dialogue and just Paul yeah. Rudd's face. And when um, when she pulls back, that's when he sort of puts a, a a smile on it. But until then, it's it's breaking his heart. It's he's happy to see her. He's proud that she's grown up, and it's all those things in one thing. And also audio commentary facts: the Russos say that they watched that scene of him reuniting with Cassie hundreds of times, and they got choked every single playthrough. And apparently, the "You're so big." that he gives at the mo- at the end before the scene cuts on to the next moment is considered to be a uh, Paul Rudd improv because Marcus and McFeely don't remember ever writing it. My God. Because, mm. yeah, that's that's the amazing it's cherry on top yeah. to that sequence, isn't it? When after that 30 seconds of just watching him process, he just holds her face and just says, you're mm. so big. And, oh, my God, yeah. it's um, it's amazing. I kind of feel okay doing the audio commentary facts now because I've already destroyed you yeah <laughs> like I can't take any more from you I can remember maybe I've some backup I've already though. destroyed you <laughs> <laughs> I mean I can I suppose one game plan could be to reel out as many facts yep. that George can't keep up a bit like that bit in Wallace and Gromit where he's having to put the track down <laughs> as the train's travelling that's what it's going to be like I was so trivia track. so happy with that trivia I do have one thing I remembered reading earlier on, but it's well, shit. Rob's got some time to already knock that one out. With no, a, I mean, Rob's, Rob's not going to get cocky because last time this happened, no, no. you won. Mine's about... You still won. My, seriously, my trivia is about 10 seconds long. It's only one little thing I remembered Mate, reading. It's, it, it, it's, the length really doesn't matter in many ways in life. I don't know if you know <laughs> this. Um, but um, I, it, what I like from a trivia is if it's something that I can... 
I, I quite like the ones where it's like you know the, one of my favourites actually one of my most memorable is the wig one from uh, <laughs> one of the bonus Spider-Man films Spider-Man 3 because it is one of those things where if you could just bump into anyone it's like down the pub kind of thing isn't it? it's just like oh do you know that, do you know about that film and then you just have like a like a sentence to say do you get mm-hmm. what I mean like a I mm. like those so it doesn't matter if it's short mate it might be one of those it might be one where I'm like oh, you know you what see, that's great in the words of Hawkeye don't give me hope um, <laughs> but um, I, have some I, confidence man you I might this. have a semblance of hope again because I think you, yeah. you, you'll like it but I don't think it's going to be as good as Rob's I'm playing confident I, I text George earlier saying I have no, this is a gambit mine I have no idea how it's going to go Ooh. interesting mm. so uh, Stark Rocket and Banner who has since merged his intelligence with the Hulk's strength build a time machine and Banner notes that altering the past does not affect their present. Any changes create alternate realities. So yes, we now have a variation of the Hulk, previously seen in the comics as well, um, known as Smart Hulk. I think that's why Rob's gone for Dumb Hulk today. Um, Mm -hmm. Colin, um, surprised by the change? Um, Do you prefer this Hulk or prefer either Banner or the Hulk? Yeah, I was... um... I mean, I don't know if I'm surprised at any point now because they do tend to do some very big character sort of changes from film to film. And I guess mm. that does come with, you know, different teams taking on the, the same characters over time. But yeah. I mean, to be honest, I kind of had started to not be as into Banner and the Hulk over the last few times we've seen him anyway. Mm. Um, and this smart Hulk thing, I mean, you're going to have to sell it to me a bit more. It really didn't. It, I, I wasn't into it. I feel like mm. everything that I liked about Mark Ruffalo's performance as playing Banner and like, we go back to the cabin scene from yep. fucking the second Avengers. Is Ultron, it from Ultron? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. For, hey. No, it's the first one. Yeah. Is it? Oh, they... Where he's in the... Where he's in the cabin when you first meet Ruffalo. Like. Oh, yeah. And then there's a scene also in Ultron. Where he's oh, with yeah. Natasha yeah, 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 as well. Yeah. 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 yeah, those moments for me are, are like the top standouts of, of, of that character. And it was... That was like one of the biggest... I remember that was one of the biggest character arcs where I was like, man, I want to really, really want to delve into this and like get a lot more out of it. And I just feel like that's that that part of Banner's just gone now and, and mm-hmm. this weird sort of smart version. I think it looks weird. I, I liked having the transition from when he'd break out into the Hulk. I thought yep. that was nice. And uh, I don't know. What do you guys think about it? Well, I'm fine with smart Hulk. As, as <laughs> okay. Banner says, it's the best of both worlds. But I will say I do love me some angry Hulk. Like Hulk in Ragnarok, I think is hilarious, and I, I think it's he was a sh- good in Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it's a shame we might not get to see some of that Hulk anymore. But co- Rob mentioned there's something in this film he's not on board with, and is I this know, Rob rewrites the film? I, I know Rob rewrites the oh, film because yes. yes. Rob is a massive, yeah. massive Hulk fan. So I'm intrigued I'm really to hear. That, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I, I would have, uh, I would yeah. have been really shocked if Rob was into this. To be honest, on on the drive home from seeing this at the cinema. You'd think, I was like proper on a, a high from seeing it because I loved the film. But it's one of those things where driving home my wife and I'm like, I don't know if I like the mm. Hulk stuff. Was that bad? I think it's fine. It works. But to say that each of the Avengers gets something interesting, my pitch, right, for Rob rewrites the film, yes. Rob rewrites the film, <laughs> is that the five years skip forward... And he hasn't turned into the Hulk. He's never, he hasn't turned to, into the Hulk in five years, but he can't rest and he can't relax. 
because he, he knows he isn't cured of it. It's still in there. He's still treating it like it's something he needs to cure. So when they find him five years later and they seek his advice, he's this scatty, kind of a bit like, um, what's it, um, Selvig, the guy from Thor. Yeah. He's, he's just a bit sort of like all over the shop and he can't, he can't relax. He's, mm. he's, yeah, trying to bring the Hulk out, doing experiments on himself and things like that. But obviously joins them, helps them with the time travel, still does every other beat as it as it is in the film. Goes back to the Battle of New York, talks to uh, the Ancient One. You could have still had an amazing image where she astral projects him, punches him in the chest, but instead of one astral projection, there's the Hulk and mm. Banner floating there. Mm-hmm. That could have been really interesting and proof that Hulk is still in, within him. And I just think there's so many bits that are set up and this film's really great are taking things that were set up really early on. You know, in Tony not being the one to make the sacrifice play and his arc leads to him doing that. And you've got Hulk who says, I think Tony says in Avengers 1, he says, what if he what if he saved you? And he's like, what, like, the Hulk saved me? Well, that's a nice idea. Save me for what? And he's like, I guess we'll see. And I just think <laughs> it would have been really nice if he spent the whole film as, as Banner... And it comes to that moment, they're all arguing over who should wear the gauntlet. And he walks in there as Banner, as a human man, while everyone's discussing it, puts puts the gauntlet to his hand and says to himself, come on now, we need to do this for Nat. Do it for Nat. Because that's the thing they have in common. That's the thing that unifies them. They both loved Natasha. Puts it on. It's obviously going to destroy the human part of Banner. He's struggling and struggling and struggling. Half turning into the Hulk. The Hulk's trying to obviously save him from taking the full brunt of it. They're sharing the load of the Infinity Gems. Snaps his fingers. Same happens. All life comes back. But when they find him, he is then Smart Hulk. Merged. Because he has found peace with himself. He's taken that, like Cap takes that selfish bit for himself... He takes that selfish bit to just be fully merged into the Hulk. Yep. And that is my pitch. Any animators out there, yeah, animate that hell. thing. That would be so cool to watch animate. Not just that, any anyone listening from Disney, hire this motherfucker. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's better than half the films I've watched. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Oh, I love that, man. I love that. I, I thought, I mean, that would have been amazing, to be honest. Like, would would anyone have anything to complain about that? Like, Jeez, I like that, man. That was yeah. really good. That's cool. Yeah, it's frustrating to me because I feel they robbed him of a an off-screen moment, you know. It was originally going to be in Infinity War. There's a deleted scene from Infinity War where he has a, an argument with Hulk while he's having that big fight with, I think it's Cole Obsidian, the thing's called. It's like mm-hmm. basically like Thanos' Hulk. And then he bursts out of the Hulkbuster and his smart Hulk. But they said it was just too much mm. going on. Right in one go and I think well if you got that chance to take a breather on it and slowly do it man save it save it to the end mm-hmm. yeah. like it would I just think it would have been a much more holy shit reveal yeah and you could have even had Tony be the one to wake him up because Hulk was the one to wake up Tony in Avengers it would have been a nice little mm-hmm. bit of imagery but I don't know I don't work in this <laughs> stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. you should as much as I'd like to yeah um, but also, even Smart Hulk as the character in this, I didn't really feel like 
there was there was much to the character of Smart Hulk. He was obviously there to be the brains and help out a lot, but mm-hmm. like, I mean, everything else he was doing, was, uh, I don't know. It's just yeah. it's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah. Uh, another question for you then, Colin. Um, the concept yes. of time travel in the MCU, is it too silly for you or did they give it enough gravitas to make it work? I don't know if silly is the right word. I, I, I don't know. I think at this point in time, time travel just feels more like a bit of a novelty when it gets added into things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I yeah, I, it, it wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. I was expecting actually more multiverse, but I guess that comes later. I was thinking they were going to be jumping between, right. you know, like different um, versions of realities to try and get information from, you know, and, and do yeah. it that way, yeah. which could have also been, you know, good or bad. But mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting the time travel thing. Yeah. I don't know, man. It it was probably my least favorite section of the film, the time travel act, if I'm honest. Oh. I, but again, it's because I'm not, I'd, and and again, like what I, I will also agree with Rob. If you're watching this film, it should be catered to the fans by this point. As as we've said many times, twenty one films in, like yep. it is. It's the celebration of all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I just wasn't that bothered about having it at that point. Yeah, no. and 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 it, and it gets a little. I mean, I don't know if there are plot holes in this because I'm not a fucking astrophysicist or whatever you'd need to be. I don't know mm-hmm. quantum physics and stuff, but. When you see it in Hollywood films, you do... Well, I sort of go like, oh, I mean, really? Time travel? Like, mm-hmm. is anyone watching this going to know if this is real or not? And we do we just have to kind of, you know, switch off our brains and enjoy the ride here? Because yeah. who knows if any of this is, is realistic in, mm-hmm. in, in the world? And, and then it gets a little bit like... It, it, it did... There were some good moments in it. I liked some of the... Um, some of the bits where I think the Captain America bits were quite cool with it when he ends up having like a little battle with himself and Loki oh, runs yes. off with it. Like there were some <laughs> good moments, but I think overall as a as an actual story arc was sort of a little bit of a... Eh. Yeah, cool. Okay. Uh, so yeah, then Rob, all this time travel stuff, like we said, it can maybe potentially be seen as maybe one step too far into the crazy. But, you know, we have dipped our toes into it every now and then. You know, Doctor Strange with the Time Stone. Um, so do they make it work? Um, because to me, the fact that they tell it all with such a straight face makes such a big difference. Yeah, I, I really like it. I think they also kind of address it really early on. It's a bit like that Austin Powers bit in The Spy Who Shagged Me when they, they're like, yeah, I'd suggest uh, you don't think about it, Austin, and just enjoy yourself when they look at the audience. Go, <laughs> I suggest you enjoy it too. Yeah, 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 I think that's, yeah, and Hulk turns to Natasha and she's like, you're joking, aren't you? You're you're joking. He goes, I don't know, it's time travel. I've ever, you know, nothing's a joke or yeah, everything. even is. doesn't Scott they, Lang say at one point, tell me I'm crazy? And she's like, I get emails from a raccoon. Like nothing is yeah. crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they hit the balance quite well, and I like referencing. You know, it's obvious if they hadn't a reference Back to the Future Two, everyone would go, "Oh, this is just what mm. Back to the Future Two does." Yeah. They go back through the film again. Uh, yeah, I think it's fun. Yeah. I think this is the Ave- Avengers Infinity War. If they didn't have to call it Avengers, could it be called Thanos Infinity War? And this was <laughs> like. If that felt like a Thanos film, this feels like an Avengers yes. film. Mm-hmm. So Banner and Rocket travel to Norway, where they visit the Asgardian refugee settlement, New Asgard, and recruit a rather despondent Thor. 
So, yes, Colin, maybe an even bigger change than Smart Hulk, maybe. Uh, We get, again, a very physically different Thor and an emotionally different Thor who's obviously suffering from, I don't know, some form of PTSD or something similar. Were you on board with the changes with this one or did they go too far? I think emotionally it makes sense. Although I I get it now. I understand why even some of the listener questions were talking about the... did. did he make a mistake not uh-huh. going for the head? You know, I I, I guess maybe uh-huh. you were bringing that up and the listeners were because of that's the reason why yeah. he is essentially like, in this state. And like, I, I get I get that. I, I, I didn't see it as such a massive deal at the time when, you know, watching the previous films. I didn't like what they did with him visually. Like, I thought that was a little... I mean, talking of Austin Powers, it felt like Mike Myers in a fat suit walking <laughs> around in there expecting him to put on a Scottish accent at one point. But... um yeah, I don't know, man. Like uh, again, like going into this, Thor was like the top of the. He yeah. was my favorite, and I, the way we had seen him at the end of Infinity War, just like complete and utter, like <laughs> the most badass guy on the planet with this new, like newfound weapon. But and even like the ten minutes of the even first ten minutes of this film, flying in exactly, chopping yeah, off his yeah, arm, like, and then two minutes later, chopping yeah. his head off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then and then to go from that to this kind of like. I mean, very sort of on the nose, like video game drinking. Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave my house, kind of guy. And mm. I didn't really like it, if I'm honest. I, I felt like it, I was, I was a bit disappointed in it because, mm-hmm. I mean, when it when it's your favorite character in something, and you kind of gather that they're not going to be just kicking ass and yeah. and being being a badass for the whole film, it was a little bit of a disappointment, if I'm totally honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, so then, same to you, Rob. Does this version of Thor work? For the most part, yeah. I, for me anyway, I, I do agree. I think there are moments where they sort of balance it more into the comedic side of the, because once they get to the gathering the team and doing the time heist, like the, the tone changes to be a lot more fun and upbeat. Like they've got that that kink song as they're going into um, Norway. Yep. And it, you know, the tone just feels a bit more hopeful, so that it, I just it, it's difficult to balance in it when you've got someone who's so morose all the time. But he, he definitely gets some great character moments, mm-hmm. especially I, I really like the moment where they're in his hut and he Hulk says Thanos and he grabs him and says, "Don't don't say that name." Mm-hmm. And Hulk Hulk has a real nice moment where he's a beat and he's like, "Take your hand off me, buddy." Yeah, like, yeah, it's a warning. Like you don't, yeah, don't touch me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he has lots of really nice moments. Like, I like that they played with P- the PTSD element of it, of being like, did anyone else here kill Thanos? No, didn't think so. I killed him. Like, mm-hmm. he's clearly like a mess from it. Yeah. I just, I think what gets me more is everyone else's reaction to it. I don't like so much that in all these other scenes, like, you've got Rhodey being like, he's like, you know what blood runs through my veins? He's like, cheese whiz? It's like, yeah, but he's, he's a member of the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's going through PTSD. Like, I, I, that, I, I kind of feel like sometimes the jokes are imbalanced and there should be less jokes made at someone who's going through shit. I think Rocket is the, the best person duo with him because he, admittedly, slapping someone who's having a panic attack isn't what you should do. <laughs> But at least he's trying to get through to him, and he's like, mm, yeah, he's all, like almost supporting him in a way that the, the other team members aren't. Yeah. No one really sits down with him and says like, "You need to forgive yourself mm-hmm. for it." You need to. Yeah, he's he's no one's all apart from his mum. Yeah, he's asking himself, isn't he? Like, because if you 
boil it down to Thor, like he's asking mm. himself, is he worthy? So yeah, that is my favorite Thor moment. And so when he is when he is back in Asgard yeah. and he, he he plays that that gamble of putting his hand out and Mjolnir comes flying to him, he realizes he is still worthy. Yeah, that is a lovely little moment. He plays that really well when he ca- actually mm-hmm. Mjolnir comes back and he's like, "I'm still worthy." Mm-hmm. It's just it's a lovely little moment. Yeah, and and I like all the stuff with him and his mum. I felt that that really worked for yeah. me. And I remember saying this to you, Rob, I think when we were just walking to the cars after watching this, that I think I kind of also appreciated this time that it would have been a very easy route, we'll get to obviously the end battle, when it's the three OGs against um, Thanos and Thor calls both of his hammers and this new suit appears on him as well. It would have been very easy to for him to suddenly slim down in that moment and then changing the image mm. completely but he still is has got that 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 the new body um on him for the final battle sequences one well, i appreciated they didn't just slim him down all of a sudden oh yeah that that would have been yeah. ridiculous yeah yeah that other in in lesser hands that maybe would have happened yeah the theme of of he of him his arc is to to stop being who he's supposed to be and be who he is meant to mm-hmm. be and figuring out who he is and what he wants to do and things. Yeah. I think that that works for me. I, like I say, I just think there's there's elements where the comedy trying to outbalance him being so morose sometimes just feels yep. needlessly cruel. Yeah, there's one point where um, when they finally meet him in, in his little woodside wood cabin or something, and Rocket comes up to him and he's like, Hey, Rocket. And he goes to give Rocket a hug and it's he kind of rubs his belly on on him a little bit mm. and it, it's almost played it as if like Ugh! like the audience are meant <laughs> yeah. to be disgusted at that moment and it's a bit like that's ridiculous it's yeah. a bit harsh to the character a little it's, bit. A, it's a weird scene because you've also got the Fortnite gag and yeah yeah i, I yeah i was sort of I, I i sometimes think yeah when you're tackling something like ptsd and trauma and you know all the stuff he's going through having so many jokes at that person's expense at the same time. Especially from the people that are meant to be like, you know, his close, family, closest team, to yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't be very nice in real life if you're just hanging out with your mates and they're just ripping the shit out of you even though they know you're going for a lot of crap, you know? Yeah. I would, yeah. One thing I would say is, this is the... How many films have there been by this crew? I know Civil War... Um, um, it might have been... Uh, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. It's the fourth. It's the fourth. Yeah. Because this one felt like the, it didn't quite feel like the same tone throughout. I'd say mm-hmm. uh, than the other ones. I've always like whenever it's been one of this this crew, the McFeelys and the Russos. I've, I've, uh, sorry, it's not, is it McFeely and McFeely yeah. um, and Marcus? Ma- yes, Marcus and the Russos. Yes, and the Russo bro. Yeah, yeah. Whenever it's those guys, I always feel like oh, this is a solid one. Like they've they've probably been pretty much the tops. I'd imagine. Whereas this one didn't didn't feel quite as complete and well maybe not complete but it didn't feel the same. It's the first time they've had to tonally do an Avengers film. Yeah, yeah, it, it didn't quite have that kind of darkness that I enjoy out of their stuff. That sort of more visceral, like yep. thrillery kind of vibe. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, like, I feel like those other yeah. ones could sit in the category of thriller a bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
Um. <laughs> zombies and dancing. Yeah, yeah. It just, just needed some zombies and dancing, to be honest. Need. <laughs> uh, so then speaking of character changes as well, uh, in Tokyo, Romanoff recruits Clint Barton, who has become a vigilante after the death of his family. Now, Rob, do you m- know much about Ronin, the sort of character he becomes um, in the comics, right? Mm, yeah, he does become that in the comics. I, don't, I didn't really know anything before this film i'll be mm. honest and i haven't really read anything since there's a lot of hawkeye stuff i do want to read because yeah. apparently some some great stories based around him mm. but i was like i say i was kind of wanting to just go in as cold as possible for yeah. this because i knew they was they was going to be doing something with him that wasn't you know although i knew hawkeye was going to be in this film and that he had been absent from yeah you know infinity war and that was kind of where i wanted to leave it i was just more intrigued to see where they were going to take mm-hmm. him for sure uh, so, Colin, were you on board for a bit of Ronin action? Hell yeah, man. Like, this is the first time I've given half a shit about Hawkeye, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, yeah, when it went to Tokyo, I, I, I really enjoyed every every bit of that of that scene. And, and yeah. I was fa- fascinated by the, the change that they did with this guy. This was a big, like, whereas, you know, the Thor and, and what they did with Hulk was a bit of a, a, a like a bit of a, a miss for me. Mm-hmm. I felt like this one, like, I want to see... I want to see what the hell got him to that point yep. as a film mm. or a show or whatever. And I've got a lot coming and I'm hoping one of them is that because, yeah, it was like night and day of a character. Yeah. And, and yeah, I loved it, man. I, I think I even turned to you throughout the film and I it said, did. like, this is the first time that this guy is, feels like yeah. a legit, like, character that I want to see more of, yeah. you know? We shall see. All we had to do was kill his kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All we had to do. I thought he was gonna. I, I thought he was gonna be the villain. You I did thought, at one point. Yeah, mm. yeah, because I was thinking that it was like a revenge thing. You know, he, he was going to be annoyed at the fact that the Avengers didn't manage to stop it from happening, and because mm. he lost his family for it, he was going to have a bit of a. I thought that might be a plot line, yeah. but uh, it wasn't. Yeah, interesting. I love the um, when Rhodey tells Natasha, like, "Oh, we found this um, cartel, mm. of, you know, all dead and." It's like, oh, the, you know, the gang, gang violence happens all the time. No, it was him. Yeah. And when, after Rhodey's gone, she just cries into her sandwich. It's such an amazing, like, nice sort of character moment. Yeah, she's devastated for him. Oi, cut it out. See, I like it when you, I like it when you do that and not cutting me off mid-sentence because it terrifies me every time you do it. <laughs> I, know, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. know, but I kind of, I, that's when I, I love it the most, but it's waiting for you to sort of vaguely talk about the thing that I'm, I'm talking about. There was a moment in the uh, script that was cut in which when he comes back from testing the, you know, the time travel and he's got his son's baseball mitt and mm. he's gone in to see his family because they're all still there, technically. There was going to be a moment where he came out like angry as fuck and just yelling at Hulk for bringing him back oh. because they 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 put a foul safe in because they knew they couldn't trust him to come back yeah, himself. Yeah, he does. He, like he, he was yanked back. That's true. Anytime they they pressed the little buttons, don't they, to come back? And with him, he just automatically comes back. back. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's nice. Mm. So there was going to be a moment where he was like, "How how, how dare you?" Mm. Is that what we? We knew you'd stay. Mm. <laughs> I like that. Would have been good, wouldn't it? But again, it's one of those things where it's like trying to balance. There's so much the... in there already, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so before we get travelling through time, our first destination being New York City in 2012, we're going to wrap up this part of the episode. But don't worry, part two will be with you very soon, where we will discuss 
the rest of Avengers Endgame, we'll all have a little cry before moving on to ratings and trivia, which I'm sure will cause me to have a little cry all over again. <laughs> so, um, Rob, say bye. Bye. Colin, say bye. Bye. Stay safe, stay well, stay nerdy. Does anyone need a toilet break? Next time we meet, let it be in peace and friendship. 